This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast, helping take your leadership to the next level. My name is Sam, and I am your host, and joining me today is Dr. Richard Blackaby. As always, great to be with you, Sam. Back from the, the, the Great, great White, White North. North. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Even after yeah, a missed connection and two planes with mechanical problems, both planes. Um, wow. That's not, that, that hasn't happened that much with me on Delta Airlines, but it was uh, a perfect storm trying to get home from Canada this week. Well, we're glad to have you back, and it sounds like you had a, a good trip. It at was your old, good. Your old stomping grounds up there? You know, I, I left that sc- uh, the presidency of that school 16 years ago, and wow. it just it's kind of special to get asked to come back 16 years later and still teach and minister there. Yeah, they and said, you know, enough time has passed, so we thought <laughs> yeah, we the, might, we might uh, <laughs> bring Richard back. No, but you, uh, you teach a leadership... Um, uh, seminar up there with your every cousin, other year, yeah, cousin Rob. So and you, in the classroom, you look straight out on the Rocky Mountains out the window. Tough it's to so beat that view. That I'll, you got to be say. teaching at your best there to keep people's attention with yeah. that distraction. Exactly. Well, you know, something that is, uh, I think, a lot of people find tough is speaking <laughs> in front of people, um, and that's uh, that's going to be something we're going to look at today. And yeah. you know, I think. Um, it's maybe something that's not on the the front of mind for a lot of leaders. Public speaking, you know, when you when they think about leading, it's you know, it's about people, it's about you know, connecting and and inspiring and that sort of thing. And and oftentimes, I think actual public speaking uh, gets overlooked. And we've talked about the importance of communication before on this podcast uh, in regards to leadership. And and uh, I'll refer you back to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think public speaking is a real specific form of, of leadership communication. And uh, I just think, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, remote teams now, thanks to COVID, that sort of hurried along the work from home uh, aspect of things. And, and there's Slack channels and email and Zoom meetings and everything else. So there's a lot of different ways to communicate. And I think maybe just to start off um, is you know, honing your public speaking prowess even uh, necessary if you're going to be a leader in, in today's world. Yeah, you know, and you're right. There's You can use technology and all kinds of different uh, media to communicate with people, and those are all good. But I do feel like as a leader, there are just those public moments where you get in front of people and you need to and communicate and inspire and bless uh the, the leader just has to get on the stage now and then. And it, it might be that just you're going to speak to around a boardroom table to three direct reports. Uh, or maybe you, you're tasked to give announcements in your church every Sunday and uh, you're going to get up in front of people. And I'll tell you what, that could be a painful experience if yeah. someone is not doing that well. Both for the, the giver and yeah, the receiver. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, you know, they're just different degrees of stage presence. But I, I don't think that that is, should be a lost art yet. I think no. there's still those moments where face-to-face you've got to communicate in a way that uh, gets your message across and uh, and moves people onto God's agenda, if you well, will. Well, you know, and I thought... Uh, since you do so much of that professionally, I, I thought this would be a good, um, just sort of a good experience for our listeners to kind of yeah. 
learn from someone who who that's your job you yeah know, aside from other things but but public speaking is something you do and you make it look you do make it look effortless hmm. and, well thanks uh, <laughs> well yeah i well let me just give a couple of just kind of these are off the cuff but uh some things i've learned along the way just some of the things you know i take a while to really uh dredge up all the different uh things i've learned from a lot of it from uh, failure and uh, and experience but um, let me just rapid fire maybe some of these. One is just begin with your message. Sometimes people get so uptight about the the delivery mm-hmm. that they forget that the key is the message. If you have nothing worth saying, it doesn't matter how well you say it. And uh, I, I have been around people that it was all about the style, the delivery. Uh, but when you actually listen to what they were saying, they, they had no content. They, they delivered it well. It was, it was interesting. It was loud. It was animated. It just, there just wasn't much there. Yeah. So, you know, always start with a message. And if you don't have something to say, then maybe take a pass that, you know, but, but work on the message. That's, that's really where the power comes from. Uh, if you have something important to say, then it's worth uh, trying to find the best way to deliver the message. But, but always start with a message. And if you do have a good message, if there's, you know, it could be that we've got to pull up our socks and, and you know, go to another level or we, we've got to face this uh, threat that's, that's coming uh, up against our organization or here's a possibility we don't want to miss, whatever that might be. If you have a message that you really truly feel is, is important, then uh, a second thing is just be, be confident in delivering it. Uh, people need, uh, imp- they need to hear the truth. And if you've got a, a truth message to share with people, whether you're preaching a sermon, whether you're giving, you know, inspiring the troops in your organization, uh, whatever that might be, then, uh, then speak confidently. Uh, and I know people that they know the facts, they, they know the truth, they know the importance, but then they get up and they start to, they think more about themselves than about the message. Yeah. And they think, well, I'm not a very good speaker. I, I'm not good at communicating. And, um, they what get if, self-conscious. Yeah and, yeah, and it's like, but you have a really important message. So think more about the message than about you as the deliverer of the message. It's not about you. It's these people need to hear this, this truth. And if it's a really good truth, I, and, and that's something I had to learn you know, I, I found that if I had prepared, if I had sought God's guidance, if I had studied, <clears throat> and I, I really, I looked at my notes and I thought, you know, th- there's some life-changing truths here. That when I saw God use those truths to change lives, um, I saw I'd have an altar call maybe in a church service and the altar would be filled in response to those truths. I began to realize that's not because I just delivered it well. That's because these are powerful truths. And and so that gave me confidence. If I know my material, I'm prepared, I can get up and deliver that with confidence, knowing not that, boy, they're going to really like me today, but, boy, when they when they come face-to-face with this truth, they're going to be blown away by what God said or, or, you know, the fact that this truth can set them free. Well, you know, something I've heard you say before, I think, is uh, just maybe a pet peeve of, of maybe when people don't speak very often and they get up there and they sort of share... Uh, honestly, how they're feeling about having to do yeah. this talk, and then it sort of can derail right. whatever it is a, they're going to say after that. Like, yeah. well, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't do this often, right. or I, I'm not a great public speaker, but here's what I have to say. And and, that, and uh, I'm gonna, I think what I'll do is I'm gonna give you a quick list here at the end of just the not to do things, and that's yeah. one of the big ones is. Uh, you know, get your get your focus on the message, not on your inadequacy, not on your nervousness. Uh, 
uh, I would just say uh, a couple other things just in terms of just what to do is uh, one is keep eye contact. I know if you're nervous, you, you're, you're going to tend to want to look down at your notes. Uh, you're going to look at your iPad or whatever it is you're um, but there, there's power when you look at people and th- there could be a thousand people in the room, but g- experienced speakers know, don't just kind of look at, in general, don't look in the back of the room, don't look at the clock on the wall at the back, look at people and e- even out of a thousand people, highlight, you know, someone sitting in the front row, someone sitting in the middle and typically speakers are going to look for someone who's engaged, you know, like there, you, you find someone who's smiling and nodding and agreement and taking notes and amening you, whatever, but that really can get a speaker going. And so don't look at someone who keeps looking at their watch and, you know, obviously is agitated or wanting to leave, mm-hmm. uh, but hone in on a couple of, there's always some, and by the way, that also taught me to be a good audience person. If I'm the one in the audience as a speaker, I know how, encouraging that is when someone is with me and nodding and and uh seem you know obviously enjoying what i'm saying so you know get eye contact look at specific people people can kind of tell in the audience even if you're in a huge room if they're kind of just looking around but not really looking at anyone but look straight at people and sometimes i find in a, in a smaller setting especially um it, let's say like you're speaking at a podium or a, a pulpit or something uh, there are moments where if you will draw near, like I, I'll literally come out from behind the, the, the podium and just take a step toward people. And there could be a thousand people in the room, but you take one or two steps forward and that immediately draws people. They can tell you're getting closer. And mm-hmm. and I've done that. And especially smaller settings, you know, sometimes they'll put the lectern back 20 feet from the f- first row of people. And you're way back there. And I just find get out from behind the lectern and just physically move closer to people right up to the front row sometimes. And everybody, you, you can't not pay attention and heads come up. People are looking at you. It's a way of sort of getting people's attention and drawing them closer to you. Um, I would say be engaged yourself, uh, be, pa- uh, you know, so if you don't seem to care about what you're talking about, then, uh, then there's no way you're going to get other people uh, to, to care as well. I, yeah. I'm thinking this person's just trying to drone through the announcements or just drone through this uh, presentation. They're just trying to make sure they don't miss one of the points in their outline, but they don't seem to care. They're not passionate. And I would just say be immersed enough in the message that you really care about what you're saying and it's obvious. And if you really seem to care, then that usually gives you the people will at least give you the benefit of the doubt to say, wow, if this guy cares this much about what he's saying, I need to at least listen and, and, and see if it is as important as it seems to be. And, you know, be passionate. I, uh, what, one thing you can do is you can, uh, take a, a video, have someone just record your presentation and what you're going to probably discover is you thought you were passionate. You thought you came across that way, but yeah. but then when you when you see the, the recording, you think, "My word, I almost put myself to sleep there." Yeah. Um, that and can I, be painful watching yourself. There's few things as painful as that, and so <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, watch like not, that, that doesn't mean you have to shout the whole way through, but uh, but be engaged, smile, be passionate, uh, put energy put energy to talk. I'm, I'm usually exhausted after I give a presentation because you, you have to, to be in, in, engaged in it. And that, that, that always takes energy from me. Um, mm-hmm. if I, if I, 
if I don't feel depleted, then I, I may not have been engaged enough. I didn't put enough into it. Um, I'd say also just be prepared. Uh, and, and of course, that goes without saying. Do your homework. Know what you're saying. I, I'll tell you what, if you keep getting lost in your own presentation because you didn't prepare well enough and think through what you were going to say. Um, and and I, one thing I found sometimes, if, I, if I've got a real important sermon or something or I, I'm going to deliver, and especially if I don't, if I've got a limited time, maybe it's, you know, I've got, I, I speak lots of times where there's a countdown clock sitting in front of me and I know I've got 25 minutes or 35 minutes in and I'm seeing the, the clock ticking down and, and sometimes the, the clock will, the screen will turn yellow when I'm five minutes away and then it's flashing, you know, another color when it's one minute away and now it's red and it's flashing red and smoke's coming out and they have a whole the, the series of things. Yeah. And- uh, yeah. And so being what I find that's really helpful for me is if I will, uh, like if maybe I'm in my hotel room or something and typically I'll just kind of think through my notes and, you know, think through the outline, the points, but when I'm getting near the time to present it, sometimes I'll just out loud talk it through in my room. And when you do that, oftentimes you, you'll discover, uh, especially with public speaking, oftentimes it's the transitions that get you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you look at each point and you realize, okay, yeah, that's, that's an important point. That's an important point. But you haven't really thought through how am I going to connect point one to point two? How do I go from the introduction to point one? Mm-hmm. How do I wrap this up in the conclusion? And, but when you talk it out, then you can sort of think, okay, I could, I could you know, highlight, I could say this, and that leads straight into this conclusion or the next point. And so talk it out. Uh, and then you can always be more concise than you are. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and rambling on, repeating yourself, saying things you know, three different ways, but saying the same thing. Uh, I know that there's, there's a pedagogical sort of uh, feeling that, uh, yeah, you, you tell them what you said, then tell them again, then tell them what you said. And I just don't like that. I, 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 I think tell them powerfully the first time and so that you make it memorable and move on and tell them something else is memorable. But when you keep repeating yourself, people are thinking, he took 30 minutes to give me a 10-minute talk if he mm-hmm. just said things concisely. Uh, and that takes preparation. And, and uh, anyone who's been a public speaker knows that it's harder to give a five-minute talk than to give a 60-minute talk. I, you, know, you, you, you tell me to take 60 minutes and talk about some topic that I know about, I can ramble on for 60 minutes and still run out of time. Um, you tell me you've got five minutes to make a, a, a memorable, significant point, and I'm going to have to work and work and agonize yeah. over, do I have time to use this illustration or to make this point, or how could I say this more concisely? Uh, but I think that's a great exercise. Just learn to be concise with what you're saying. Think about what you want to say. Uh, and along with that, when anytime you're making a talk, whether it's for two minutes or for an hour, know what, know what your main point is. So you might be talking for an hour, but what is, in one sentence, what is the one thing you want people to come away knowing? And, and I would go even a step further to say, if you're talking for however long, what is it you want people to go away and do as a result of what you said? It's, mm. we, we tend to sometimes think, well, I just want them to know this. But, but typically, you want more than that. You, it's, it's like if you're preaching a sermon. You don't want people just to have more knowledge in their head. You want them to live differently. You want them yeah. to act differently. So 
so start there. Say, I would love, after I've given this 30-minute talk, I would love if all my team went out from this talk and they began acting this way. They began doing this. They changed their behavior and started uh, acting this way. And so you, if you know what the end game is, then you know, okay, now how am I going to need to present this in a way that inspires them, convicts them to start acting differently than they did before? Would you say that... Um if you're going to give a, an address, a talk, whether it's to your employees or to a church or, or what have you, would you say when you're doing that, it's generally going to be to, uh, to affect them in some way to make them make a change? And if it's going to be just more informational that should just be an email right. or like a yeah i, a I think message most, or, or yeah i think there's way too many speeches where we're just giving information that you could have put that in an email uh, but to to emotionally engage people to to impact them to motivate where they're inspired to, to to change that often takes a face to face that that you can maybe write something that's very compelling as well but um but i i tend to think i you know if I would challenge pretty well every speaker to say, so in light of the talk you're about to give, what is the result you want? And verbalize that, picture that. And then ask, and then everything else you put in your talk, ask yourself, by saying this, is it going to lead people to do what I hope that they will do? A mm-hmm. uh, couple of things just to say on that. Be positive. There's My dad used to say there's always a negative way of saying something in a positive way. And you may have to address some difficult issues, um, but there's usually a positive way of approaching it. Uh, and I would say two things as well that um, make use of humor when you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it can even be a pretty serious topic, but uh, humor, you, you want to touch people's emotions. If, if you haven't affected their emotions, you're probably not going to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, people need to be engaged emotionally. And there's a lot of studies that seem to suggest that we're really creatures, even though we think we're rational beings. We tend to be drawn, driven by our feelings, and then our we use our brains to rationalize why we're doing what our feelings told us to do. Yeah, and so um, so when you use humor, you touch people's feelings, and and that's and anyone who's spoken much knows that. For instance, you may really want to get people to make some life changes, but but maybe if you start your message off with some humor. It can seem a little light or almost trivializing uh, an important issue, but what you've done is you've you've activated people's emotions. And if you can get people laughing at the beginning of your talk, to be honest with you, it, it makes it much easier to have them weeping by the end of your talk. Um, yeah, well, and I think just as a technical aside, um, I think you always, or if you are going to use humor, that's something you should lead with. Right. Like you should you should right. start your 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 talk with humor. Right. And that gives you the space to now. Then, if you're now, if you're gonna, you know, if it's an upbeat message and you want to give hope and encouragement, then maybe you can also send them out laughing as well. But but a lot of times, if you really want to get to the heart, you you start with emotion or with humor. It it gets people engaged. It sort of activates. It humor tends to build trust. They and it, they and it like down you. Guards as well. Yeah, they they like you. They think, oh, this guy's funny. I like him. You know, he's kind of self. Uh, depreciated. He's he's kind of um, uh, poking fun at himself, and so he obviously doesn't take himself real seriously. Mm-hmm. So I can, I, I, okay, I'm curious to know what he has to say now, and um, and you know, along with that is also just make use of uh, of story. Uh, story 
still is the universal language. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, I was just uh, a week or two ago, I was uh, traveling internationally and I was talking with uh, someone um, and this person began reminding me of stories I had told years ago. I mean, he was in some conferences with me a decade ago. And he's saying, I remember when you told this story. I remember when you said this. And it's interesting. I don't think he remembered one scripture I used, although mm-hmm. I did. And, you know, one major theological point. But the stories and the message that they represented, he remembered all of those. Mm. And so I just find that uh, when you're speaking, a lot of times if you, you, you could say we need to work together as a team. Like we all get that. But tell a story where you did work together as a team or a different organization worked together. And you just remember that. It makes sense. It, it Again, yeah. it, a story is kind of have an emotional uh, weight to them as well, that they, they, they speak to your emotions, not just to your mind. And once you get your emotions uh, engaged, there's way, way more chance that people are going to be open to you and open to a change. And uh, maybe a lot, just a couple last things as far as what to do. Uh, be truthful. That's that kind of goes without saying. But if if you if you and speakers often are tempted to exaggerate. Um, but if you're if it's obvious you're doing that, then they're not going to take anything else. You, they're going to kind of just blow you off. This yeah. guy's just he's just telling tall uh, tales. Yeah, I don't I don't trust him. He's I and and that's why sometimes even just that, that's why I don't like telling kind of canned stories because they just don't even sound truthful. They they may be based on someone else uh, some story in the past, but it's been so changed and morphed over time that now the story you're telling, anyone who actually knows the story it feels like you just pull it off the shelf. Right. Like, and a you know you haven't researched story. it. Yeah. You don't know for sure. You haven't verified it. You're just some you just you pulled something off the internet and but when you tell a story, uh, and it doesn't mean you can't tell someone else's story, like that happened to Winston Churchill or something. But, but just look it up. Just do do your research. Make sure you know the actual dates and and so on. And and you're not just telling some morph story that just barely resembles the truth. Uh, and and I would also just say expect results. Uh, if you're if you're going to speak then expect that something good's going to happen. And I, I say this to a lot of preachers that that have altar calls, you know, at the close of their, their sermon. And But a lot of times preachers preach in a way that you, that you don't really get the sense that they think that much is going to happen. They, they, they speak, but it's so timid uh, and it lacks confidence. I, I would just say if you're going to speak to people and you know you're, you have a good message and you're telling truth that you know could set them free, then you ought to you ought to speak that with uh, with confidence that you expect that after you hear what I have to say, I know you're going to want to respond in some positive way. And mm. uh, if you expect results, it's just amazing how you get them a lot more often. Well, I knew our time would uh, fly by today, so let's take a quick break here, and we will look at some things not to do <laughs> uh, when we come back. Hello, I'm Richard Blackaby. I'm the co-author of Experiencing God. And here at the Blackaby Bible Institute, we're offering an online class of Experiencing God that people can take from around the world. No one had any idea back in 1990 when Experiencing God was first uh, published that it would be so life-transforming and that uh, people would experience revival. They'd be set free from burdens they'd carried for years. I can't go anywhere in the world without people telling me how this material has changed their life. And so we offer it as the Blackabees, where we have all kinds of video resources, a live stream where you can submit 
live questions and um, get answers from myself and others and just many different resources that will enhance your experience of taking Experiencing God. So I want to encourage you, if you've never taken the class before, or even if you have, Blackview Bible Institute will offer you more resources uh, than you could have gotten anywhere else. And so we look forward to studying with you, and we're praying that it will change your life as you do. Hi, Richard. Uh, before the break, we looked at uh, some some good pointers on what to do uh, if you have to, uh, if you find yourself in that position of, of giving a, a talk, whether that's in the marketplace or uh, at your work or, or at a church. Um, but I thought we'd uh, we'd end today with um, some some things to avoid. Yeah. Because uh, there's always uh, some of those uh, sort of red flags of uh, public speaking, and so maybe walk us through some of those. Some of the big things that you you've seen and witnessed and and know that uh, at all costs don't yeah. do these things. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of times, especially in churches and other places, you're getting you you see they're not professionals. Maybe they're volunteers, and uh, sometimes it can just be really painful. And I and I would just say one thing right off the bat that just really annoys me, and and that is just people that are so self conscious that they unknowingly keep drawing more attention to themselves. And so yeah. and the fact that they're yeah when they get up and they say, yeah. well, I'm really nervous right now, or I I don't know why they asked me to do this because I know there's lots of people here who could do a better job, or. I, you know, I didn't have much time to prepare this week. Uh, just, just, I, I just want to keep saying, just fast forward all of that. Just yeah. you're, it, all it's going to do is make it weird. It's bad enough that you're unprepared, you're nervous, you're self-conscious. It's, it's, it's bad enough that you're nervous and unprepared and self-conscious, but now you're drawing everyone's attention to that fact. Yeah. Just, just cut, cut out all of that. And People might have uh, missed that. You know, yeah, you they're going to know anyway. If you're, if you're a bad speaker, you don't need to tell them. They'll, they'll find that out shortly so <laughs> let, let them discover that themselves but yeah. it's just amazing to me how many people will will do that and they'll they'll just get up and immediately start pointing out all the shortcomings they have and i just want to say get over that just just cut all that out and re- realize that if you're speaking whether it's in church or whether it's in your business you you are the appointed person god has placed you in that position whether it's to make announcements in your church or whether it's to uh, give a pep talk to your team. Like you, you're in that position. So just assume that God has you there for a reason and that God will equip you. And so just get focused as quickly as you can on the content that will actually set people free. Uh, mm-hmm. Hearing your 10 minute preamble about why you're not very qualified is not going to set anybody free, inspire anybody. But if you get to your message, which hopefully is something that is powerful, that can affect people. So, so get there, get to the good stuff as quick as you can. Um, and you know, I'd also just say, don't, and, and avoid that, the nervous stuff that people often say. And one thing that just drives me crazy as well is when people get up and say, well, this will be brief. This won't be, this is not going to take long. Almost invariably, those are the longest talks you ever have to endure. Uh, I don't know why it is. A lot of times what really what's happening is they didn't really prepare very well. And so they don't think they've got very much to say. And so they'll kind of alert people. They're basically saying, I didn't prepare very much on this, so I probably won't have much to say. And then they ramble on and on and on because they're not prepared. And it ends up taking five times as long as it should have had they prepared. So I almost just know, you can just almost take it to the bank when someone says, well, this is going to be brief, uh, that it's not going to be brief. It's going to be long because they didn't prepare. 
Um, and, and so, uh, you know, and, and I just be, be careful about impromptu uh, stuff. Like I have said things off the cuff. Sometimes I felt like it was God telling me to do that. But if you get off script, you also get into uh, minefields. Yeah. And, and especially with humor, uh, you know, there have been a few times where like, you're tempted to throw in some kind of funny comment. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you think, oh, oh, that didn't go where I thought it was yeah. going to go. And so you're think it through carefully. I, I, I never speak from a manuscript, so I'm always having to pull some things together. But uh, but be careful when you kind of go off script, because that's when you you haven't thought that through. You haven't thought about the ramifications or think about the audience. Is this going to work for them? Uh, maybe I better just stick to the script uh, because, and also when you add stuff, oftentimes your talk goes longer than you intended, yeah. and before long you're out of time. And uh, the last thing I'd just say with that is just be careful that you don't go too long. I've I've known I was just a few few months ago was speaking at a a, a a big event, and there were several speakers, and we were all given a time, and we were told in no, no uncertain terms, uh, we hey we got a full schedule. If you go off 10, 15 minutes long you throw everybody off and it ends up being a late night. So just, just, I think it's just one of the rudest things I can think of is when there's three or four speakers and one of them takes 15, 20 extra minutes just cause, and, and really most of the time it's because they just didn't do the work to prepare ahead of time and yeah. figure out I've got 20 minutes. What, how much can I pack in succinctly in 20 minutes? It's just the rudest thing in the world. If you just want to not get invited back as a speaker, just abuse that and go longer. And, and sometimes preachers will blame it on the Holy Spirit. Well, I just felt led to ramble on for 20 more minutes than yeah. necessary. No, the Spirit of God, if you'd gone to the Spirit of God beforehand in your preparation, he could have given you a 20-minute presentation. And I was with this one place, and... I hadn't seen it quite like this before, but when he it, clearly the guy had gone overtime and and they started playing background music, at first it's kind of quiet. It's almost like oh that's kind of nice. They're just wrapping up, and then the music got louder and louder until the guy is almost having to shout over the music. And they're trying to say, look, your time's up. You 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 blew it. You you told all these cute little stories earlier on, and then you ran out of time to get mm. to the meet. So. Uh, so that just one thing is start on time, end on time. And if they give you 20 minutes, I, I, I mean, I have gone overtime sometimes and sometimes you're, you're, you, you miscalculated and you can't quite cut the story off halfway in the middle. You got to find a way to land the plane as quick as you can, but, yeah. but be sensitive to, uh, to the fact that the people are there and they, and you may have other speakers after you. So don't throw them all late so that the last speaker is starting when he should already be closing. Yeah, that those are those are all really uh, great points. And I thought maybe just just before we end, um, you you mentioned that you don't ever use a manuscript when you speak, and and maybe you could just sort of give us a flyby of. Uh, when when it, what does it look like when Richard Blackaby oh. sits down to prepare for for a talk, whether it's a I'm sure there's going to be some difference yeah. depending on the the occasion and the length and all that. But what is that maybe uh, just sort of the the skeleton of, okay. of what does a preparation look like? Yeah. Well, first of all, what know what the theme is. If you're in a conference, sometimes if you're in a conference, they'll have a whole theme for everybody, and be true to that. Now, I know some speakers; they've got their sort of sugar stick kind of talks they give all the time, and it doesn't matter what the theme is; they're going to find some way to just insert the same talk they've given for years. Yeah. And you can just tell when, it, or or sometimes they'll spiritualize it, which really is rough. 
Well, I know that the theme is on, you know, evangelism, but I've just felt the Lord leading me to talk about, you know, mothers or something. It's a like, totally different theme. Um, and not, that's just, you didn't want to put the work in. And so I always try to know what the theme is. Uh, and then I'll, I'll try to think, well, what can I, what, what can I contribute? What can I say that will undergird that theme? And, and then, you know, one of my first thoughts is well, what script, if I can, you know, use the Bible, uh, if it's a sermon or something, or a spiritual talk, I, I always want to say, what would be a verse or a passage that would just really bring this to light? And mm. where, where, where does God's word say about that? And so trying to come up with that. And then, um, you, what I found, I guess, the more you speak, the more you have to say. And so I, I, I tend to, I want to brainstorm. Well, what are all the things that could be said here? But then look at the time. I've only got 30 minutes. I, I can't have a five point sermon in, in 30 minutes. So what are the, how many points can I make in that time? And, and, and I, I love telling stories. I, I'd like to at least have one or two to kind mm-hmm. of just nail that down. And, uh, and some stories just, they, they take time. You, 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 if you're going to tell a good story, it's going to take a few minutes. And sometimes I'll think, well, this is a really hilarious story, but it's just going to eat up too much time for yeah. it. I've only got 25 minutes. I, uh, and so you try to piece it together to say, what, what would be a memorable, what's a, what's a key scripture? What's a key point? that probably maybe these people haven't heard before. You know, what's, I don't want to just kind of say the same stuff everybody knows. Uh, what is, uh, and I need to really think hard on this myself and then think, wh- what's the contribution? What, what, and I love it when people come up, uh, if like I'm speaking to pastors and a pastor comes up and says, you know, I preached on this passage for years, but I've never seen that or I've never thought of that. And I, that always does my heart a little good. It, it, not like it's just, why aren't I good? But it's like, Okay, even other public speakers learned something tonight. Mm. They saw something they hadn't seen before. And, um, and so uh, I, I try to do that and then just think through how to uh, wrap it up. Uh, probably the two hardest things with sermons or just any talk is your introduction and your conclusion. Yeah. I think most people have something they can say, but how do you grip people right off the bat? How, how do you get their attention and get, get them sit, you know, sitting up and leaning in to hear what you have to say? And often that's starting with a story or humor. And, and then last thing is just um, land the plane. Yeah. I, I know guys, they've, they've made some good points. There's they, some guys still circling the they're runway They're still circling there. and they're like, how do I, I can't quite figure out how to just wrap this up. And so I usually spend a lot of time thinking, how do I introduce this? How do I put this to bed? And Mm -hmm. how do I do it in a way that just, and, and, and and if I really, you know, being careful with that, write down to what's the last sentence I want to say that just sums it all up, just takes it home. And I can just, I just walk away from the podium after that. And what's that final, you know, statement that uh, will just wrap it up and everyone just like, wow, that was great. Mm. Well, to that end, I think there's a, you've got a couple of books here and we'll just leave with folks and I'll, I'll leave links to those in the show notes. But for, you know, if, if you find yourself leading and needing to do some public speaking on whatever scale, yeah. I think some of these may, may help you do that. Yeah. And there's some books that you, that I, I've got a number of books just on preaching for pastors. I didn't pull those out, but there's a number of those that are, are great. And I, I, I do think if you're a pastor, you should be reading through a preaching book every couple of years, just, just to have some fresh ideas. Um, but just some other books, kind of more business type books. Uh, one is uh, called Leading Out Loud by Terry Pierce. 
the subtitle inspiring change through authentic communication and I, like when of course when i reference books it doesn't mean i agree with everything they say sure. i'm not saying that these are even the best books out there these are just some of the ones that i just grabbed off my shelf interestingly there's i've got leading out loud there's another book uh, by joseph Badaracco called leading quietly which is sort of the opposite of you're not on the stage those are i kind of have those together like leading out loud or quietly and then a book I think I may have mentioned, we may have done a podcast on, I think was we did. the TED Talks book by Chris Anderson. And of course, TED Talks are a, a very unique uh, thing. It's You're not going to typically do that in a sermon, but they're only about 22 minutes long. And so you, can, you can't, uh, you, I mean, you can say a lot in 22 minutes, as they prove, uh, but they're, they're typically not going to be necessary to give you lots of information. They're going to more make you think. They're going to raise thoughts and... and yeah. Well, they have... And they have a formula for uh, Yeah, for it's, it's pretty talk. formulaic in some ways. But I, but I think some of the principles are good. You, you may yeah. speak longer, but they're, they've, they've made it a science to get up in front of people. And in 22 minutes, how much can you communicate if you've really thought it through mm-hmm. and you've, you, you're maximizing every moment on the stage? And so that I, I think it's helpful. I found it interesting. I mean, most of the stuff they were promoting, I'd kind of learned just from experience. Just I've just mm-hmm. learned that that's how that is. I don't always practice it always, but uh, so I would just say. And there's other books. There's lots of great books on communication, yeah. but uh, we can put those in the uh, in the links. But uh, I would just say, if you are in any kind of role where you've got to get in front of people and communicate personally we could you can always improve and yeah. and and you can always get into bad habits and so you you might be really good you might be very experienced it never hurts to circle back around and say yeah but you know i think lately i've been mm-hmm. going a little long i think i've been uh I, I i could start out with more energy i i think i've kind of you know sort of stumbled to the finish line and i should have i should spend a little more time just wrapping it up into a nice neat bow at the end and there's always something you can improve on, uh, but there is power in that, in good communication, and I think it's worth the effort to keep getting better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for taking the time, and until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackv.org.